what's going on everybody my name is reagan and my name is victor and welcome to sanctified ish conversation with pastors who have not figured it out um, and one thing we have not figured out is these intros this is minute 40 easily. and we can't get past we can't get past six minutes we we keep cracking each other up so, so if 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 us laughing at our own intro is any indication of how people laugh at our intros, uh, I think we find ourselves far funnier than the rest of the world. Can can I tell y'all something amazing though? So Victor bought a Peloton this week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were we were at a meeting with like forty people the other day, and I I yeah. swear Reagan okay went from person to person at this meeting. People I that like I don't even know. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know their name. He's, he's like, hey, hey, you know that guy over there? Is it Victor? He bought a Peloton, and he just leave. <laughs> Reagan would despawn, disappear, and then respawn in the next group of people that were talking. <laughs> Bro, if, if people need to know if, if you're going to make that investment. It's true. If you're going to be that kind of person, like man, you don't have groceries in the fridge, but you have a Peloton, and um, it, people need to yeah, know that it's true. I am better than most of the population now. Most of the population, Most. you're just not you're just not better than CrossFitters, CrossFitters or Tesla drivers, or or Lululemon. Yes, Lululemon. If there whoever if there's somebody who wears Lulu, drives a Tesla, does CrossFit, and owns a Peloton, all you need, oh my gosh, all you need is a Tesla, Reagan. All you, you can come over. And use, you can come use my yeah, Peloton like, whenever you want. I don't have a Peloton. <laughs> I got I got a Honda CRV, man. I'm far away from a Tesla. <laughs> man, it I is. okay. This is a totally different direction than where we've been. Of course. In North Carolina, the amount of CR CRV drivers is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There are so many CRVs in the world. The world it's does a, not need that many CRVs. Car. It's a phenomenal car. The, it's high performance. <laughs> it's. <laughs> When I when I see somebody driving down the road in a Honda CRV, I'm like, wow, wow. who is that person? I need to know who, that person. What what business meeting are they going to? What what yeah. big mogul? It's a mom car. It it, it is. It's yeah. like you got the you got the bumper stickers on the back of your car. You got you got that um, when your kid starts driving, it says caution, new yeah. driver. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's a preteen, seventeen-year-old car. It's it just is. in our. We, I mean, we have like a, a, a you know a group of people in our friend group, and two of them drive CRVs. It's oh, ridiculous. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. So I figured, wonderful. I see too many wonderful of them. vehicle. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it is tough. Like the older I've gotten, the less I care. I don't, I've never been a car person. I don't really care about what the car looks like. My first car didn't even drive straight. Um, the second car I had, um, the gas gauge broke. So the way I found out, well, the way I found out I needed to like, this tells you everything you need about everything you need to know about me as a person is that when the gas gauge broke, I didn't fix it, but I had a pad of paper that I kept in my car that I tracked my miles and I knew every (laughs) 200 miles I need gas. But the way that I found out that car was broken is that my math was wrong one day. I ran, I ran out of gas in the middle of the road and I thought my car fell apart because I was like, well, my math isn't wrong. And then we ended up towing it into the shop and it was like, Hey man, you're legally not allowed to drive this. There are 13 separate things wrong with this car. Wow. We're, we're taking it away from you. Um, 
So the first one didn't drive straight. The second one, my math was wrong. Um, so I'm just happy, man. Like this has got good gas mileage. Like it's safe. It's, it's, it's a sturdy car. It's sturdy. That That's the stage of life that yeah. I'm heading into. It's like, Hey, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not going 15 miles an hour with the speed limit. I'm safe, yeah. secure. I've got groceries in the back. You, you know, that, it's you, like, you got that thing that plugs in that tracks how good of a driver you are and your insurance yeah. goes up or down. That's, that's where you're at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, 26 uh, is a big year. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, we have screwed up the transition into the episode every single time we've tried this intro. It's true. So I think the safest bet here is to just, Reagan, what are we talking about today? What are we going to talk about here, on this podcast hey, today? Hey, you want to know this transition? You're overthinking this transition. <laughs> and I today thought about we're, that. I thought today, about using that. Well, this is my, you own a Peloton, but you're not better. Um... This is today we're talking about overthinking and all the different ways. I think this is actually something that Vic and I have wanted to talk about for a little while because yeah. we've had we've had a weird couple of weeks. And I don't know if it's just like the holiday, Christmas season coming up and just things just get weird. Um, but there have been multiple times where I've called Vic or he's called me and it's just like, hey, man, I woke up and I can't get this out of my head and I don't know why. Or like for me, it's like this one thing and I just spin my entire axle around this one thing until I just beat it to death in my head. And like, I think getting, at least for us, at least overthinking is such a natural default state. So how do we prevent ourselves from overthinking? Um, But also like, what do we do and how do we get out of these states when we do find ourselves um, overthinking? So yeah, we're excited about today. It'll be a fun one. Yeah, we're like, we're both very similar in this and we overthink different things. But we both yeah. overthink a lot. And it's not good for our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we just, I, we, I, I just can't put like words to it or, or why it happens. And maybe you relate to this yeah. because like I, I, chronically overthinking, even things to, you know, before I was dating my wife and, you know, we were just talking or texting, like, you know, getting the text message, screenshotting it, sending it to friends, getting, you know, their suggested reply and throwing out, you know, the one reply that didn't make any sense. Um, I remember this one friend told me, he's like, hey, you need to like ask for suggestions for a trip because like you're going to be taking a trip next month. And I'm like, I'm not yeah. taking a trip next month. I'm not going to lie to this girl. So I just like, he's not my, he's not my friend group anymore, but I yeah. would just, I would overthink every single thing when it came to like responding to a, like, hello, how are you? Yeah. And it's like, there's no reason that I should be overthinking this. But what I realized is that because I cared about this so much, because I wanted this to work out because I want put so much yeah. time and energy into it. I overthink. I over I was overthinking it because I wanted it to work out or I cared about it. I think we overthink things that we care about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. I would even say like for me personally, overthinking is my brain's logical way of trying to solve the problem, but actually doing the complete opposite thing. So it's like if something comes up or if there's an issue, it's like, man, I want to solve that and I want that to be fixed and I want to move on. Yeah. And so like I'll think about that issue and analyze that issue. It's kind of like a diamond that you turn from a hundred different angles. But at the end of the day, like the diamond doesn't change. You're just yeah. twisting it. And like that's what my brain does. And so if there's like a situation that 
needs resolution or reconciliation or if there's like a project needs to get done, I will beat that to death over and over and over and over and over in my head because I want it to be fixed. Yeah. And I, and I want and like, I think that's what you're saying is like underneath these things are good values. Yep. It's like, like you're, 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 you're passionate about these things. You love these things. Like you want a solution to be fixed. That's not a bad thing at all, but it's like, what happens is we go about it the wrong way. And what ends up happening is it just, it causes more damage yeah. than anything else. Um, yeah. I, I, I'd be curious to find this out. Like, how do you know when you are, like, what are the telltale signs for you that like, man, I'm overthinking in this situation and I need to maybe take a step back. I, I think I realize that I'm overthinking <clears throat> when my mind cannot be occupied by anything else. So like my, my thought process yeah. is consumed by this one thing. And really like overthinking is like an offshoot of anxiety. Like the root of it, right, is like stress or anxiety. Because what I realize yeah. is I overthink things that I ultimately don't have control over. Like yeah. I want the solution to be the way that I want it. And since I can't make the solution 100% be the way that I want it, I begin to overthink it because I want to force the solution to be what I want and I want yeah. to do anything that I can to get there. And so really like when I'm overthinking, I, I get really stressed or really anxious. My mind can't be consumed by anything else. It's very hard for me to multitask or to, to actually be productive and work because yeah. I basically freeze. And I'm neutralized. I can't do anything because all I can yeah. do is think about this thing. Um, yeah. What about you? It, it's for me. I'm like my, I can still be productive. My body can move, but my mind and my emotions are like completely flatlined. So it's like, I think I even told you this, like I called you about situation. Like my head is just like soup. It's gray. Yeah. I can't put a thought together. Um, and my highest thing that I put like above everything else is achievements and productivity and keeping things moving. So the thing that's really dangerous for me is when I'm overthinking, my brain will be clouded and I'll still, I'll try to make decisions. I'll try to be productive. I'll yep. try to move things forward. So now I am acting out of a very clouded judgment and clouded mind yep. and frustrated. And that just creates a lot of different, just bad situations that then I then overthink on. And it's just like compounds on itself down the road. Yeah. So like what I've had to learn is like, one, having people in my life that'd be like, hey, man, you need to take a step back from this. Um, and two, just becoming more and more self-aware of like, what are the things that I tend to overthink? Because you and I overthink different things. Um, like for you, it's probably a little bit more like stresses yeah. and things that come into your life. For me, it's like, what ifs? Yeah. Like I'll go, I'll go down the rabbit trails of if this happens and this happens and this happens and this happens. And now I'm in like an alternate reality that right. probably will never happen, but it is completely taking over my present. Um, and like in those moments I've had to like come up with a couple of things where like, all right, here's, here's what I do. Here's how I reset myself and here's how we kind of move forward. And that's just had to become a habit, honestly. Yeah. Cause I, ha I haven't overthinked less over the years. I think I've actually overthinked more. Yeah. Well, and I think I think you bring up a really good point with that too. I mean, our natural human sinful nature is oriented a certain direction. Like we can we cannot apart from God please God. 
And so like we we are going to battle stress and anxiety and sure like we can implement things into our life that can help mitigate the stress or anxiety that we feel. We can of course go to the throne and surrender that to Jesus. That's what we should do with everything. Yeah. But like in life you are going to face stress and anxiety. It's, there's no way to avoid it. And I think what's really important isn't necessarily doing everything that you can to avoid stress and anxiety, because guess what? That's going to bring stress and anxiety rather focusing more so on how can we respond in a Christ honoring and biblical way when we begin to overthink or when we begin to fight anxiety or stressful thoughts. So I think you just brought up a really interesting point. I don't think I thought about this. But like overthinking is not the root of the issue. Yeah. We don't like overthinking is the response to a fear or a worry or an anxiety. So like we try to solve it by saying, hey, if I just figure this out in my head, if I can logically put the two and two together and if I can figure out why this happened, then that will fix that worry, that stress, that fear, whatever it is. Yep. So it's like the root of it isn't the overthinking. The overthinking is actually how we respond. And so what are some healthy ways that we realize we are overthinking? What's the root fear of the issue? Yeah. And then how do we respond in a biblical manner to that? Yeah. Um, I think that's probably where we where we need to go with it. Yeah, because I mean. Uh, yeah, when I battle stress and anxiety, my default is to, like I said, be neutralized, to do nothing. So, like, my default yeah. is to pull out my phone, hop on TikTok, like, hop on something that's low stress, laugh a little bit, lay down, and do nothing. Like, it's yeah. like it's the equivalent of binging Netflix, right? Like, there is nothing about me that is Christ-honoring or glorifying God in this because I am just being lazy. And so... A good response and a response that I've had to kind of build into my life and even a response that you have have kind of encouraged me to take on when I battle these things is literally for me to get up and just go do something. Yeah. And so, I mean, like maybe that means you just need to get up, get in the car and drive to McDonald's and get a chocolate chip cookie. Or maybe that means you just need to get up and walk around the block. Or maybe that just means that you need to put some headphones in, open the Bible, and read. But you need to get up from what you're doing and and go occupy yourself with something that isn't sinful. And that has been kind of the first key step for me for kind of breaking the cycle that I get stuck into. Because once I'm laying on the couch and once my phone is out and I'm scrolling on TikTok, it is much, much more difficult for me to then go get up, walk around the block, or read the Bible. But if I can catch it before then, then I can avoid then I can avoid that. Yeah, it's uh I think we confuse rest and laziness. And so like rest is actually a great way to combat fears. Like Jesus says, come to me or heavy and weary laden, and I will give you rest. Um, so like rest, like whether it's physical, like honestly going to the gym can be restful because it's just like, it's a different, it's crazy. Like the studies you'll see where it's like, if you work with your mind, you need to rest with your body. If you work with your body, you need to rest with your mind. So it's like, we work with our minds a lot. So something that is actually very restful for us and good for like our mental health is Peloton. It's CrossFit. It's going to those things just because it's something other and different. Um, but I think we think that rest is sitting down and watching Netflix or scrolling on our phone and that's going to like take the pain away. But that's just the reality is like that's just numbing it yep. and your mind is still processing and spinning on that thing while you're scrolling through those videos. And so you look up two hours later and it's like, I don't feel better. Yeah. That that didn't make me feel the way that it did. I probably just need more of it. Yeah. Um, 
and that, that that doesn't solve a lot of the issues sometimes. Um, and like, yeah. I'm someone that craves productivity. And whenever I'm not productive, whenever I'm not accomplishing something, I again get neutralized. And this is the cycle. This is the cycle I get stuck in. So I'm on the couch. Yeah. I'm scrolling on TikTok. I'm realizing, man, I've just wasted half my day. And then I get up to go do something, and then I realize I haven't been productive. And that neutralizes me. So what's my response when I get neutralized? Oh, let me just take out my phone and scroll on TikTok. And that's the cycle that is so incredibly difficult to break. There's nothing inherently bad about, you know, enjoying TikTok for a little bit or laying down on the couch to get a rest. But when it consumes you, when you're physically not able to go do anything else because the stress or the anxiety or the way that you've been overthinking something doesn't let you get up and go do something that's when there is a there's a big big there's a bigger problem than just scrolling on tiktok there's there's more of a heart or root issue to that and so i think for you guys listening like it's important for you to know like you for you to be able to identify oh i'm overthinking in this that's when probably the biggest area of growth for me is like i don't think i've overthought less over the years but I think I'm able to like, I, call, I called my dad the other day. I'm like, I'm overthinking this, aren't I? He's like, you 100% are hang up yeah. the phone. Um, but it's like, so being able to understand like, what are the the fruits that you look for? It's like, man, now I know I'm overthinking in this. But even just because you know you're overthinking, that doesn't change the reality that your mind is still moving at a hamster wheel. So, so Vic, what are the things that you've practically done besides rest yeah. Um, what are some of the things that you've practically done to combat overthinking and kind of get your mind back to center? Yeah, I think I think community is. I mean, we talk about community so incredibly much on this podcast. It's and a I cliche think that's just, Yeah, it's just true. I mean, there's there's nothing else we can like. You can't sugarcoat it. If if I have you know someone that I can pick up the phone and just call, hey, that I am just stuck. I don't know why. I'm stressed. I'm anxious. I. I need, I just need something. And the fact that I can pick the phone up and call someone and just talk through it a little bit and just take steps towards, Oh, okay. Maybe it's not worth spending this much of my brain power or this much of my stress caring so much about this thing that I don't have control of. And just the process of talking it through begins to break the, the kind of like chains that the stress has on me. Uh, yeah. I also think journaling. I think journaling does something similar. The, obviously, the journal's not going to talk back to you. Oh, why are you feeling this way? You know, explain explain more. But journaling out just just your like raw, unfiltered emotions can also yeah. be a really healthy way because because I'm a verbal processor. I need to get everything that's happening in my brain out, and until I can like do that effectively, I feel stuck. And so whether it's on the phone talking to someone, whether it's writing everything out, even if it makes absolutely no sense, just the process of me getting what's stuck in my brain out either to a friend, my wife, yeah. a piece of paper and a journal, whatever it might be, that it, those are things that begin to break the chains. But that's more active. That's not rest. I mean, that's requiring me yeah. to really confront a lot of the things that I'm thinking about. You, that, when I say you, I think me as well, but like, you can overthink the the dumping of the like the word vomit as well. Yeah. And like at some point you just need to put it down. Yeah. Put it down and walk away. 
are like at some point, like it's it's not as easy as just choosing to flip a switch. Um, but like you can verbal process till the cows come home and you can verbal process day after day after day after day. At some point, that's where community comes into play. Yeah. We're like, Vic, you've told me this. My dad has told me this. Like other people have told me this. Like, hey, man, this is the fourth time we've talked about this. Yep. Let it go. Yeah. And like, like th- that's, that's, I think where community kind of comes into play. Like if you, if you haven't verbally processed, there's room for that. Yeah, for but sure. like, I, I think you can, you can beat a dead horse and just, uh, there's gotta be a point where you just let it go. And I mean, and, and this, like the community aspect here is both directions. I mean, the person needs to be willing to share and to be vulnerable. And then the other party needs to be willing to be like, Hey, it's time for you to move on. Like, it's time for you to put that down. It's time for you to take steps forward here. And and that's where community begins to function or cycle how it should. Because yeah. if I just word vomited all day and people around me were just like, yes, men. Okay, well, then I'm just going to keep word vomiting and we're not going to make any progress. Yeah. But if the people around me were just condemning me for being stuck or hurting, then I'm going to be pushed away and hurt. So yeah. both aspects need to function, you know, in a harmony for them to operate properly. Yeah. And here, here's kind of where I want to turn this as we, as we wrap up here in a little bit. Um, we mentioned earlier in the episode that overthinking is a response. It's not the root. It's the response to a fear, a worry, a stress, anxiety, or whatever. Um, here's, the I think, a healthy way to respond to something like that. Like the Bible gives a scripture for a reason. Yeah. And memorizing scripture has been the most beneficial thing for me because like the Bible doesn't say it's not just like to deflect the thoughts that are in your mind, but the Bible says your mind can be renewed. Yeah. It can be restored. It gives you something else to overthink on. The Bible's word for healthy overthinking is called meditating. Yeah. And so like, that's what the Bible calls us to meditate, to overthink on is his word. And so for me, when I've been to identify like the fear, like one of the biggest things for me is shame and guilt. That is always, that is the thing that is buried deep down to me. I'm guilty about like everything in in my life. And so like what I've had to actively fight is like, I created a list of verses. It's like, um, Romans eight, one Romans eight, 34 through 36, John four eleven Galatians four, seven, um, prodigal son. And then I believe it's Luke 21 with Jesus redeeming Peter. Yeah. Um, and I, I will go through those verses in that order from start to finish. And I was like, this is what's true. There's therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is nothing that can separate me, separate me from his love. Um, Galatians four, seven, if I was a slave, but now I'm a son, if I'm a son, now I'm an heir. If I'm an heir, like he treats me, this is how the God treats a son, prodigal son. Um, this is how he treats someone who has failed him. Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love yeah. me? Peter, do you love me? Like that is what scripture, scripture is not just a way that we get to engage with God. It's a way that we fight the enemy. Yeah. Um, and so, man, that that has been one of the most beneficial things for me um, is like resetting my mind and reframing my mind and having me overthink and meditate actually on the things that are true about yeah. God. Um, yeah, well. And I mean, I just actually had the opportunity to preach this at, at church this week was Ephesians 6.10. Yeah. And 
the unique and if you if you know Ephesians six ten is this passage that kind of outlines this armor that we have as Christians, and there's a command in there to put it on. It's in this this active thing that we do as believers. And yeah. the interesting thing that I found as I was studying this passage and and reading on it and meditating on it was that the armor of God is almost entirely defense. Yeah. But there is one piece of offense, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So yeah. if if we have any opportunity, if we have any availability, if we have any possibility of attacking the enemy, it is with the sword of the spirit. It's the only thing we as believers have. Yeah. The war that wages for believers is not one of flesh and blood, but it's of the prince of the powers of the air, the spiritual enemies that surround yeah. us. This is a spiritual battle. And if we are to stand a chance, then we must take up the sword of the spirit, which means we have to hide it away in our heart. Like, yeah. how are we to fight a battle with no weapon? And we try to use all these other things in life when the only thing that is effective against the enemy is the sword of the spirit. Well, and this is this is the hill that I'll die on. Um, this also doesn't negate things like counseling and professional help. For like sure. it's not just saying like if you memorize John three sixteen, all of your problems are gone. That's not what that means. But like a lot of us, like our our brain is basically ground zero for spiritual warfare. Yeah, and our thought patterns, our habits are being formed daily by everything. Everything that we do, and honestly, 30 seconds of me skimming the Bible app in the morning, that that doesn't reframe my thought patterns. Yeah. Um, and so and so that that's something that like that has shifted even for me is using scripture, memorizing scripture, putting reminders in my phone to pray scripture throughout the day is a way of allowing my thoughts to be recentered on a specific thing. That's like recreating pathways yeah. in my head to like recreating the way that I think recreating the way that I glorify God. And like, that's one of the most beautiful things about scripture. Um, that likes, uh, I believe it's Psalm one says we're to meditate on it day yeah. and night. Yeah. That his, his, his law is a delight that we are to be planted by streams of living water planted. had means deep roots. Yeah. Deep, deep, deep roots. Um, and then we, we oftentimes view memorizing scripture as just something we do for Awana or it's vbs -y. You get 10 points um, at camp for it. Yeah, man. It is the most important thing that none of us do. Yeah. Um, and I, I truly believe that like a lot of the spiritual warfare that we face, a lot of the habits that we're just like, why can't I break this um, would be changed by allowing uh, the God, the word of God to shape our minds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is the perfect and most like way as the perfect way to end cap this episode. Um, really like saturating yourself in the word of God that God has freely given to us and we let it collect dust far more than, than we should. So yeah. that is our encouragement slash practical application like let the word of God saturate your heart, hide it away. Don't just read it to, to read words, but take it and allow it to renew your mind. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We have, uh, we're coming up at the end of the year 
and season two is probably near its end and season three will begin in the new year at some point so coming we're, up, coming we're up. super stoked um just yeah i want to take this opportunity to say a quick thank you to everyone who has tuned in week after week and left a review especially those of you francis we see you thank you for that five star appreciate it um and <laughs> if you haven't left a review yet please do please do go leave a five-star review don't leave a one-star this is, the, review. This, is the, this is the thirstiest time of the episode <laughs> I every, just every, to say thanks to every, no, no, no. Every single week you get on here and you, you beg. <laughs> you get on here, you, beg. you press record, and you ask for them it's, five stars. And guess what? <laughs> We've gotten 245 of them, so thank you. <laughs> See, ne- next week we're going to talk about idolatry and how Vic idolizes <laughs> and how the affirmation. You are not better than anyone. And actually, God opposes the proud. Mm. And you could just, God opposes those with Pelotons. He's going to um, take away that five-star, man. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, if you haven't left a five-star, you totally should. You can also email us your questions, comments, concerns, sanctifiedish at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. And you can check us out on social at ReaganJones97 and at Rotsiv157 on the Tiki Talk. That's where you can find us. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. Until then, take care, and God bless. What was that song about yams you were singing? (laughs) I'm not singing it. (laughs) 